0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: My name is Charles. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Hey, Charles. Uh, Welcome to the panel on acceptance. I will be the moderator for this panel. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the essay message, this session will be recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during the session. If you do not wish to be recorded, you may participate by listening. Please do not tamper with the recording equipment, or Ed will get you. (laughs) We will begin the meeting with a few moments of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer. God, grant His serenity. To accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and then the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Would someone please read the essay purpose from page two along with the white book? The, the essay purpose
2: Sexaholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. There are no dues or fees for SA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. (coughs) SA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay
3: sexually sober and help others to achieve sexual sobriety. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Jerry. Our panelists for this session are
1: Ed and Greg. Each will share for ten minutes on the topic. We will then open the meeting for sharing. Please join me in welcoming our panelists.
4: Okay. Hey, I'm Ed. I'm a sexholic. holic. Hey. grateful that I am a sexholic. So since January 14th, 07. Um, and that happened right after a convention that I was supposed to go to up in, I think, North Carolina. And I had a family reunion. I uh, didn't realize it was on the same weekend. got really upset and acted out loud because of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I can never forget that because... Uh, left my own devices. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm a hot mess. So, uh, yes, I qualify definitely for this room. Uh, so the acceptance, uh, acceptance, uh, is the topic and it says for our breakout session, life happens and we have no control over anything but our thoughts and actions, faced with all the challenges, difficulties, and just stuff that happens. Stuff is in quotes, so you can translate that to whatever. <laughs> Uh, we in SA must recognize how to handle life. This session will focus on understanding just what acceptance is all about and how to find our higher powers' plans for us versus our will. Thank you for having me. Uh, I had that printed out and I left it. Um, so, acceptance for me, uh, so, where I work, I'd been wanting to transfer out of where I work and, uh, had prayed about it got no, uh, Definitive answer from God, uh, you know, uh, as Harvey says, he didn't come down and, you know, and whatever he puts it so eloquently, uh, statistically God doesn't come down and, and, you know, bright lights and all that. So, uh, and my sponsor said, well, as long as it's not, um, selfish or self-centered, then, you know, I can do it. So I thought, okay, well, I wanted to transfer out, so I made, made the decision to do that and took the actions necessary uh the first time i tried uh, my boss blocked it the second time the um uh, uh division had blocked it okay. not just for me but for the whole division uh any transfers and because a lot of people were leaving the company and they didn't want to risk anybody any you know short short staffed um so the third time i tried i actually um got an interview interviewed and they selected somebody else and so i'm like okay god i guess you don't want me to transfer whatever um you know it's one of those acceptances where i'm like okay you know so it wasn't really like i'm really accepting it but it's like i had no other choice but to accept it Sometimes acceptance, you know, depends. It's like, I don't mind change, I don't mind, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things. It was like, I'm just going to have to accept it, you know. Um, so, uh, and where I was, I was the only one doing my part of the job. So whenever I had to take time off, I had to find somebody else to do my job. And that was really stressful. And... Um, why it wasn't my boss's job to do that, I don't know. But uh, I've been through several resentment inventories on that. <laughs> and uh, so uh, fast forward about three years from when I tried all those transfers, and there was a reorganization in the company, and I got transferred to this bigger group where there were um, like four or five people doing the job I was doing. So now I had help. I didn't have to worry about working every project that came along uh on a on a weekend uh i could take breaks you know and this was great i was like well thank you god you know uh so you know god doing for me what i can't do for myself kind of thing uh and that was god's plan i didn't know it you know and um so i'm like okay uh and uh so you know acceptance was was just kind of handed to me in that situation uh and i didn't expect it and it's it was god's timing not mine and you know everything is learned in the rearview mirror of course and and so it took me about i don't know two three months to realize that hey this is you know what god had planned all along so i'm like okay well i guess i can you know, and it made the previous things a little more palatable. You know, when I got blocked from those two times I wanted to transfer and then the third time when I didn't get the job. And then uh, fast forward two more years and the company got taken over and the job that I had applied for uh, to this other department, uh, it turns out with the merging of the two companies, the people in that department some of them got let go and because it was a duplication of services and now it didn't take me long to accept that it's like <laughs> wow you know okay god you know in each of those times it was it was kind of ego deflating you know it's like Okay, God, I guess you know what you're doing. You know, it's it's like my sponsor just says, "How? To, where's God and all this? And how does God see it? Because God has this, you know, satellite view of everything. You know, He just sees the big picture, and, and I only see this little bitty portion. And um, but it's it's times like that that it kind of uh, reinforces my faith and my trust in God that maybe He does have a plan, and I can't always see what it is. And maybe it's tough and that's when it becomes really real and really one day at a time, (laughs) uh, during my frustration. Um, and it's harder to accept. And so acceptance sometimes doesn't come quite quickly to me, uh, because I still want to control, you know, and, uh, but, uh, it's, it's just, it was a lesson in acceptance that I did not expect. Uh, that took a period of five years to unfold. And um, and I'm just still amazed by the whole thing. I mean, just how it all worked out. And it all worked out for the better for me, you know. Um, why does that surprise me? I don't know, I'm, cause I'm an addict, you know. Uh, cause I think God is not that deeply involved in it, you know. I mean, like what was shared in one of the speakers, you know, praying, or somebody shared one of the meetings. Yeah, asking God for a parking space—you um, know—that was my kind of God, you know—and um, not the big picture kind of God that works a five-year time plan. I mean, who does that, you know? Um, so, yeah, um, that's my experience with acceptance. Um, so, that's all I got to share. Thanks.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Greg. I'm a sexaholic. I've been uh, sober since December 30th, 2017, and grateful to be in recovery. Grateful to have all of you here and um, be able to share a little bit. So I'm going to also kind of restate the first sentence here. Life happens, and we have no control over anything but our thoughts and actions. And my, I wasn't, first of all, let me say, I signed up for the marathon back in December and was fully planning to come. Then I had a trip get scheduled for work and I was going to tie some personal time into that. So I wasn't going to be able to come. And then just within the last couple of weeks with the coronavirus stuff going on, my company and a lot of other companies, the meetings I was going to got canceled out in Arizona. So I'm supposed to be um, staying in a yurt up in Flagstaff, Arizona and (laughs) snowshoeing for the weekend. But uh, in advance of the meeting I was going to next week, which now has been canceled. So because of that, um, I am here. And so once I knew that my trip was canceled, I offered to be of service and participate on a panel. So the panel I signed up for was not this one. (laughs) Um, More acceptance. Um, It was single but not alone this morning. And, um, you know, I had some ideas in mind what I was going to share. And then um, let me kind of back up into this week. So on Monday starting to think about what I'm going to share, single but not alone, not giving it too much thought, but it was on my mind. I better figure out what I'm going to talk about. And my my middle daughter, I have three kids. Um, none of them live at home now. Um, they're all college age and above. And my middle daughter, though, Abby, uh, I've been trying to rebuild my relationship with her. And, uh, with all three of my kids, uh, my son who I'll get to in a minute, I'm going to throw my own timer on here so I don't, so I know where I'm sitting. Um, anyway, Abby and I were supposed to have dinner on Wednesday night and she called or she texted me a couple hours before and said, can we reschedule to Friday? I'm like, okay, acceptance. You know, I had plans, but, uh. Yeah, we can do that. You know, I'm not going to... When I was in my addiction, I would have flown off the handle and been all resentful and probably done more damage. And that's the beauty of this program recovery is I don't have to keep doing more damage. So we rescheduled for Friday. And then on Thursday, I was talking with an SA brother that's part of the, the committee. And he said, well, we just had someone drop on the acceptance panel. And there's only one person now. And I said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll switch over to acceptance. So this is Thursday, the marathon Saturday. And I started thinking, all right, what am I going to talk about? And I do a daily renewal call, which I highly recommend. And I'd been checking in all week. You know, I'm doing pretty well. No real lust temptations, no real resentments. Things are moving along pretty well. I'm riding high here and Thursday, I make the switch, and then Friday got to be a busy work day, and I started thinking, how am I going to prep something to talk about tomorrow? I don't really have. It's been a good week. i, I, I got to think of some examples. And then I, it started getting late in the day and I'm supposed to meet my daughter at 5.15 and so I started thinking as a good, any good sexaholic would, I wonder what I could plagiarize off the internet about acceptance and just weave my own story into it and, uh, be good to go. And then I'm like, nah, rigorous honesty is what I need to stick to here. so anyway, what I did then is I just went in my room and I got down on the floor and I prayed and I said, "God, you know, please work through me, show me what you want me to talk about tomorrow and help me to be able to prep for this." And so I pick up my daughter at 5:15 and we're in the car for about 10 minutes and she says, Oh, uh, Aunt Sue, which is my sister, and Uncle Frank and Max are coming for the weekend, and they're staying with us because she's staying at home with my wife right now, or my ex-wife, I should say. And we're gonna spend the weekend. And um, the backstory on that is when I separated from my wife ten years ago, and then we ultimately divorced because of directly because of my addiction. my unwillingness to get into recovery at that time Uh, my sister who's two years younger than me took my wife's side so to speak and um and so she'll do things like show up in atlanta and spend the weekend with my ex-wife and not even tell me she's coming to town and that used to be it still hurts but because of acceptance now i can look at that and say, you know, I can't change that. I can't do anything about what she wants to do or say and how she wants to act. I need to look at my side of that and what am I doing to help with that relationship. So normally that would have thrown me into a whirlwind of resentment toward my sister. I would have been judge, jury executioner and all the ways she was wrong and all the harm she was doing. But now because of the program recovery and our solution, I can look at it and and know that I um, uh, I have a role, and I don't have to stay in that. I don't have to get resentful, so I let it go. So that was one thing I thought. Okay, here's here's some acceptance coming at me. And um, then uh, in the course of the evening, my daughter and I were talking, and she starts talking about my son, who hasn't spoken to me in over three years now. And it's very hurtful to me. And she starts talking about how he was leaving this morning, Saturday, for spring break down in Miami with his college roommates and some buddies. And um, she starts telling me that she's concerned about some of the consequences of his drug and alcohol behavior. And I know that he's got sex addiction issues as well. But because I'm not part of his life and he doesn't let me in, you know, right away the resentment uh, warning went off because I was resentful or starting to feel resentful toward my ex-wife for not not talking to me. I mean, we we don't we we don't hate each other, but there's really not a relationship there. And I and I'm thinking, it's my son. Why wouldn't you tell me if there's a serious thing like this going on? So more acceptance, just saying, you know what, life on life's terms. She doesn't want to be in my life in that way and and even though we we're both parents, okay, I need to accept that so that's number two on the acceptance list. Then I get a text from a fraternity brother and find out that one of our fraternity brothers that's down here as well the three of us all ended up down in the Atlanta area you know he's he just had brain surgery and he's got a malignant brain tumor and it's a really bad one and so we need to go visit him and and so um That happened, and then to top it all off, my daughter and I get to the place where we're going, and there's a a bartender at the bar of this place where we're going for dinner, and um, it's someone that's very triggering to me, and like a moth to the flame, I just get sucked into that, and suddenly all the, the these resentments I mentioned and everything swirling around. And my addictions, crying out, saying, hey, here's the answer. But I know that's not the answer now. And uh, I was able to, to back away from the flame and make sure that I got my head right. Um, so as far as acceptance, those are a bunch of things that just God threw at me within 24 hours of this meeting. And, you know, I prayed and said, show me what to share. I had no idea all that was going to come in the space of a few hours. Um, you know, and I think with acceptance for me, what God's revealed to me over the past couple of years plus of sobriety um, is it's really I've got that choice of either acceptance or trying to control. And and in, in acceptance was the answer. It says I hung on to the idea I, I'd had most of my life that if I could just control the external environment, the internal environment would then become comfortable. And that's how I lived my life for forty plus years. Was constantly uh, trying to um, control the external environment. So. If I was living like I used to live, I would have been trying to call my son and talk sense into him. I would have been, you know, calling my ex-wife and ripping into her for not talking with me about her son. I would have been, you know, participating in, in the lust, that temptation that came at me. So I've got to make that choice of just accepting life on life's terms or going the other way trying to control which is going to lead me back into my addiction and my life is going to become a shambles basically so when i think about the the i had the lust incident my son who hasn't spoken to me so when i heard about where his life is at right now my daughter shared you know he he was blackout drunk and drugged and ended up with a concussion didn't know how he got it but i you know because of this program i can look back at when i was 21 years old and the things that i did were very similar and and so i have a a sense of compassion as part of my acceptance and although i still had a lot of fear sadness anger regret when i heard about where his life is right at the moment Um, I also have compassion and I have a level of acceptance that that says God's in control of this. I'm not and I don't have to be. I can just accept it. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, I think um, one of the things my sponsor shares with me a lot is to stay a beginner. And I think that's that's how acceptance happens is when I stay a beginner And, um, you know, our solution is all about making the real connection. And we do that by having a connection to God, which we can only have when we're sober. And the fellowship. I mean, this fellowship is my lifeline. I could not stay sober and in recovery without this fellowship. And I'm so incredibly grateful. And then finally, working the steps. We talk about it all the time, but we've got to be working the steps in our life. And as long as we can do all that, um, when life happens, we have no control. But we do have control over our thoughts and actions when we surrender to God and practice acceptance. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Okay.
6: <laughs> okay,
1: now it's, uh, Time for sharing. And I'll read the guidelines. Because our common welfare comes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during this meeting. We do not crosstalk. That is, we share with the group as a whole rather than addressing any individual member. We speak in the I, not the we or the you. We leave our other identities at the door, including politics religions, therapies, treatment centers, occupations, and 12-step issues. We speak about and from the essay point of view. Our meeting focuses on solutions to our essay approach to recovery. Whenever possible, we avoid the mention of titles and authors that are not essay or AA approved literature. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to deception and distraction. We also avoid profanity, sexual descriptions, and sexual abusive language. In sharing, if a speaker brings up a controversial topic or deviates from our guidelines, the moderator will interrupt the speaker and ask, ask them to honor our request. Please note that your shares will be recorded. In sharing, we encourage you to focus on the topic of the meeting. This is not a check-in meeting. If you need to check in, please find a temporary sponsor, someone with a purple stripe on their name tag, after the meeting with whom you can share. We ask those who wish to share to please come up, up and sit in the chairs next to the microphone in a queue. As one person moves to the sharing chair, the others just move over, and another person takes the empty chair, so that as many members as possible have a chance to share. Please limit your sharing to a maximum of two minutes or less. A stop sign will remind you when you have reached two minutes. Please speak into the microphone so that those who listen to re- to the recording can follow the discussion. The meeting is now open for sharing.
7: My name is Nick, and I'm a sexaholic. I uh, really appreciate the, uh, the topic today. Um, I think the thing that I really got out of it that seems to reflect my own program in life is that, you know, things come up that um, we just don't have any control over. Day-to-day, something's coming up that um, wasn't planned um and it's just uh it's just an opportunity to accept um you know i've had some just in my life and in sort of recent times definitely some things that that's been the the buzzword you know can i accept this can i move forward um and that's you know sort of uh, it's a it's a spiritual thing um you hear it said that either either God is nothing or or God is really something, and um, God works in in my life, and I believe in the in the life of this fellowship and the folks in here. Um, but uh, I think acceptance is when I saw it on the schedule, I thought, man, this this is the thing above almost everything else that I really want to get this right. I really want to be in a place of constant acceptance because surrender goes right along with that. So anyway, that's all I got. Thanks.
8: Hello, I'm Matthew. Matthew. I'm still a sexaholic. (laughs)
5: Um,
8: My first sponsor taught me about acceptance. He said, take the first step, take the word admitted, cross it out, and write accept it. Because that's what step one is about. It's not about admitting it. It's about accepting it. And for me, acceptance is, I don't like it. I don't have to like it. I just stop fighting it. Like, paying my taxes. I don't like that. But I accept it. I make out the check. I pay the accountant. I'm not fighting it. And that's what acceptance is for me. Um, I've had a lot of rotten things happen to me in my life. A lot of rotten. And I'm not... I'm sure I've met other people that have had more rotten things happen to them. I'm not unique. But I struggle with acceptance every day. And just in the last year I've been through hell. Um, and when I started this program, you know, I I was grieving over giving up my sex holism and grieving over being in a relationship with an active sexaholic. I was medicating with porn and she was medicating with other people. And I mean, the first 30 days, I cried every day and not like a little boo hoo. I'm talking messy, snot all over my beard cries like I would go to the church and there'd be a pool of tears and snot and garbage and tissues in the pew in front of me. And they'd be like, peace be with you. I'd be like, sorry, you know, can't shake your hand. I'm a mess. Uh, But I got through that with God's help, with the program's help, with, with Greg's help. Greg took some of my calls. Appreciate that. When I look at some of the rotten things that have happened to me, just even in the last year and a half, I can see that they have led to greater things. And that helps me to accept. I, still, I get angry every day. I am so angry as fuck at my ex. Holy shit every day. Thank you. Um, but I accept that it has made me a better person. And that helps me to work through that. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks
6: man. I'm Alex, sexaholic. Yes. Uh, and I have a question, if that's allowed, for the panelists. Um, do you guys have a... Like, when you're confronted with a situation, what does the decision look like for you? Do you have any, like... Specific practice or tool or prayer that you use when you have to accept something, or yeah, like I guess what does the process look like? Or do you just know, well, I guess I've accepted it if you just don't do anything? I don't know. That's a good
4: question. Um, so I would love to answer that in a formulaic kind of way because I'm driven by that and that's what I wanted when I first got in the program just give me the formula and, and then I can be on my way. Uh, I'm, I'm not dissing you for that question by the way. Um, I'm just saying from my own experience. Uh, it depends on my spiritual condition. Uh, if I've got a good spiritual condition then I say my mantra word I say the serenity prayer I, if I can I'll make a call um, or if it's a difficult situation uh, that I'm having trouble accepting and uh, or uh, find time to pray longer if I have time. Um, if I'm not in a good fit spiritual condition, usually a lot of expletives come out <laughs> um, both internally and sometimes externally. Uh, and And then I finally realized, well, this is leading nowhere, uh, and I'm getting angrier and angrier. And then I'll start praying and doing all that other stuff, you know, mantra word and serenity prayer. Uh, When I first got in the program, I said the serenity prayer over and over and over a bunch of times. Uh, It was just the one thing that kept me, you know, in that cycle of recovery uh, in the solution. Oh, thank you. So it all depends on my spiritual condition. Yeah, thanks.
5: Greg Sixaholic. Yeah, I I go back to the acceptance was the answer story again where it says, unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. So I think for me that's the process I go through now, which has evolved significantly over time is when I'm confronted with, oh, your sister's in town and she didn't call you and she's cutting you out of her life. I used to fly into resentment and think about all the ways she was wrong. And as I mentioned, what I was able to do was reframe my thinking. And that for me in recovery, that's been one of the single biggest things that, keeps me sober is reframing that addictive thinking and those diseased attitudes that the white book talks about and saying, you know what, my thinking's not right here. Yeah, someone else might be doing me some harm, but what's my part in that? You know, it says when I'm disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing or situation some fact in my life unacceptable to me so i've got to say it's acceptable you know may not be right i may not like it doesn't feel good but i accept it and then i i same thing spiritually fit condition making sure i know what my place is and what god's place is and that i am not god so that's what i do thanks
2: thanks addison sexaholic um man acceptance is a heck of a topic um and i'm glad i'm here and i'm I'm glad you guys are too and i I appreciate the, the shares of you gentlemen um i relate to uh to your share, sir, uh, it, it seems like, uh, I know for myself, it seems like when it rains, it pours, and lately it's it's been pouring, uh, you know, no, no exaggeration, for a couple of years now. And um, I've been in the program almost five years, and I've, I've learned a lot, uh, and I've learned how to be a lot more surrendering and a lot more uh, accepting of Myself, of others, of uh, my life, and just you know accepting life on life terms as it comes. Um, but I constantly am finding myself questioning, like, how much more accepting I can do, and and I know that there really is no answer to that. And I know the answer to that is we just have to keep accepting. There's no end. To how much we have to accept but I can get real better and real resentful um, of life and I can get really down on myself and I can get really uh, hopeless uh, and get a very dark outlook um, of my life and my situation um, by, by taking stock of you know what is going on in my life at any one time, or, or, or if I look at a period of time, um, you know, going through breakups, not getting into an educational program, losing a job, having you know relationships close to me that I had a lot of faith in and look up to a lot fail, and just it's just it's real um, tough. So I I have this, you know, on on the one hand. I love saying acceptance and, and trying to use it, but on the other hand, it's just such a rotten, dirty word for me. Um, but I'm going to keep showing up to the program because it's the best thing i got because my other option is just to go out there and live a life that I hate. Thanks. That Thanks. That exactly. Thanks.
3: Jason, I'm a sexologist, yes. and uh, thanks for your shares earlier in, in the readings of the book. For, for me, um, you know, expectations for me kind of are also the things that misalign me with uh, acceptance. There's a lot of times that I'll be expecting something and it doesn't happen, and so I'm good with acceptance when it goes my way. Um, <laughs> not so, not so good when it doesn't, uh, and I, I think it happens in, in an in life, whether it's my job, whether it's my family, whether it's my relationship with uh, other people, and um, and I've found, and I don't know why or how, but I, I've found some serenity with just acknowledging that I'm gonna. Life has its ups and downs, and and I think, um, you know, the, how I deal with it is is making calls. I, I certainly pray about it. I. I you know, I talk to people exactly about what's, what I don't like that's going on in my life without being a burden. Cause I do think that you could also be that person if, you know, I, I have a choice every morning when I wake up and I, I do it with my prayers almost every day, not every day, but it is, I have a choice today and I have a choice to have an attitude that is, that the life is good or I can have an attitude of all the crap that's wrong with my life. And I, I, I have that choice every day. Um, and it usually works 90% of the time throughout half of the day. And then it's kind of up to me throughout the rest of the day and how it happens. And do I have the ability to reset um, and reconnect at lunch? I do a lot of meetings, uh, a lot of phone meetings, because uh, I'm not able to attend a meeting at lunch. So, you know, that's a tool that, all right, I slow down. I have the ability to reconnect. And how do I do that? Because um, I, I do think the reality is stuff will always not go my way, nor, nor do I expect it to. Um, But I do acknowledge that there's tools in this program that allow me to um, deal with the situations that are right in front of me. So thanks for sharing this.
9: I'm John, a recovering sexaholic. Um, I was trying to think what helps me with acceptance, and um, I was thinking about uh, when I was working the steps, I wrote down the things that I had done and the people I had hurt, and um, and that was really transformative for me because I before that I would have said I'm this pretty good guy. I don't, you know, I I'm, I'm, uh, I treat people well unless they don't treat me well, and then you know I'm not so nice. Um, and when I went through my steps, it was like, wow, what's a common denominator of all of these problems? And, and it was me. And, um, and what that meant is I began to realize that I'm a part of the problem and I may be my worst enemy. And, and how that changed me with acceptance is that um, what I began to do is realize how... Graciously, I've been treated. You know, in my work, I I thought, you know, I'd done some things. I thought they're just going to send me to Siberia and they didn't. And people were kind to me and gracious to me. And in my job and in my life, I've been treated far better than I deserve. And when things don't go my way, I'm able to say, you know, I'm not getting what I deserve still. And that that change of attitude has helped me accept those things when it doesn't go my way, because I feel like I've still been shown grace over and over again. And that I don't think I could have said that except for the step work that i done in the pro- uh, that I've done in the program.
4: Thanks.
7: <laughs> Stephen Sexaholic um,
8: <laughs>
7: had a question. Um, how have you all accepted or dealt with acceptance with maybe a loss of a dream or just with, you know, close relationships that have been affected by, by addiction? I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. <clears throat> that's,
5: do you have one that comes to mind? Sure. Uh, Greg, still a sexaholic. <laughs> um, yeah, uh that, I like how that was phrased, loss of dreams, cuz I think for speak for myself, but yeah, lots of dreams lost. I mean, I I grew up in a in an alcoholic home. Father was an alcoholic, mother probably was, but was certainly codependent at a minimum. And so chaos was what I always knew. and um, I remember from an early age thinking, man, I never I'm never gonna be an alcoholic. I'm never gonna be divorced and ruin my family And you know, here I am. Um, Lots of a dream because I didn't realize that I had my own addiction and that it, if I don't arrest this addiction, um, it's going to take everything. And there's some things I haven't lost yet. Um, and as long as I keep working this program, I don't believe I will. But again, with acceptance, whatever comes, I've got to be accepting. Um, but yeah, loss of dreams. Um, I referenced loss of relationships with my three children. Loss of a marriage of, you know, 27 years. It was 22 years when we separated. Loss of that dream of being the kind of husband and father I wanted to be um, because I valued my addiction more. And uh, I, I do have regret, but it's like the promises say, you know, we, we'll stop regretting the past and wishing to close the door on it. Um, you know, I have some regret, but I also have the hope that this program gives me of connection with God, connection with other others, and moving out of the isolation that ruled my life. Even in the midst of being a husband, a father, a friend, um, I, I was completely isolated. And now my life is so much better because of this fellowship and the connection with all of you, And with God. But um, yeah, I mean, it's acceptance. It's like, you know, I don't understand why it it, it seems in hindsight, a little bit ridiculous that I let my addiction take all that stuff from me. But, you know, I can't look back and do anything about that. I can only work this program of recovery going forward. And uh, I'm I'm incredibly grateful that, that I have that and and that I'm starting to rebuild, at least with my daughters. And there's there's still a lot of damage in my life that um, a lot was self-inflicted. Some of it wasn't. But, um, you know, I've got a way to live life now that is right. It's right with God. It's right with others. And uh, when the bad things do come, I can, I can accept that. And I can surrender it to God and know that He's in complete control, and I'm not. Thanks. Oh, uh, I'm at a sex halt. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. uh, I'd, I'd say on the topic of loss of dreams, I'd say redream. dream um, I so I had always dreamt of going to a hike to Everest base camp, and uh, finally did it in September of 2018. Uh, <coughs> I'd been wanting to do that since I was 10 years old, uh, but was scared to death. I mean, I'm scared of everything, you know. That's why I'm in the program. Uh, The the program gives me... uh, I can do fear inventories, and I can have the fear but do it anyway. Um, I... On the plane ride over there, and even on the trek itself, I mean, I was just... I was fearful, you know. And I kept saying the serenity prayer uh, as I was hiking. And... um, and I'm over in a freaking third world country, you know, just away from, from home. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. I mean, forget about it. It was off the charts. Um, but part of the acceptance that got me to do that finally was I had a real tough, uh, project at work that took two years and it was very demanding and very time consuming. And, um, and it was just, it was just, Worse than any project I'd ever done. Lots of hours. And it was so disturbing that, uh, so the project lasted for two years. For the last year of the project, I went to a meeting every single day. Uh, whether it was a phone meeting or face-to-face. Most of them were face-to-face, but there were some phone meetings. Uh, so, you know, some people talk about 90 and 90. I did 365 and 365. <laughs> you know, uh, And that's just what I had to do. That's part of my acceptance. Uh, that, that uh, you know, I was like, God, I don't know why you've got me in this situation, but okay, I accept it. And, you know, I know you're going to get me through it because of the way he had got me through the other thing that I shared about. And after that tough project, um, me and another coworker were like, I can't believe we survived that, you know. And then it finally dawned on me. It's like, well, you know, I don't have to be scared of anything anymore. And so I started taking the measures to uh, make that trip. And it, it was a year and a half in the planning, and I finally did it. And I can show you a picture of me at base camp. <laughs> I got it on my phone here. Um, and you know, so yeah, redream uh, is what I'd say because uh, I'd been wanting to do that since I was ten years old, and I did it when I was. And I'm asthmatic. I mean, my God, you know, <laughs> I, I had two inhalers. One was a rescue, and one was a regular. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, it wasn't that bad, but you know. But, uh, and I'm at 17,500 feet and, you know, and seeing my dream come true that I've wanted since I was 10 years old, and I did it at age 57. So I'd say re-dream Yeah, thanks. thanks Thank you.
8: Thank
10: you. My name's Lloyd. I'm a sexaholic. Lloyd. And I'm a newcomer. By newcomer, I mean like less than 30 days. And, uh, I, if I had got here 20 years ago, it probably would have been not early enough. But, but I'm here today. The, the, the thing I struggle with, especially acceptance, is I've, I waited about a week after coming to meetings to tell my wife, I'm, uh, hey, I'm going to SA meetings now, and I'm going to be okay. And she says, well, and, and I'll tell you right now, I'm no spring chicken. I'm, I'm like 69. So the first thing she says to me is, um, so, I mean, how long do you have left? You know, and I'm like, ouch. I mean, that hurt. I mean, cause I'm thinking, well, you know, now things are going to go great. But I have to accept that. I, I don't know how long I have left. I don't know how long we're going to be sexually active. How long parts are going to be working. And if I say anything that's, that doesn't jive with the essay, please let me know. I, I don't want to offend anybody. But that, that, um, that acceptance, I had to decide, am I doing this for her or am I doing it for me? Because she's right. I, I may not ever, we may not ever have sex again. I don't know. But the thing about it is I, I, after being to just these few meetings, I know that my whole thing is I need to get closer to my higher power. I need to get closer to God to be able to accept anything that comes along in life, no matter what it is. Because as long as I'm living, things are going to come up. And, um, my whole dream is my goal because I haven't been here that long. As that whatever happens, I'll be able to just just like flipping a coin. I flip a coin in the air uh, and and let it fall. If it's good, great. If it's not, great. Either way, I just want to be able to accept God's will to be able to accept life and be and be happy, and uh, be be comfortable with myself. And uh, thank you. I'm glad you're all here.
5: Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Greg sexaholic Greg. Yeah. really appreciate the previous share and and just want to say to those who are struggling with practicing acceptance, it, it took me a long time to get to a place where I I have acceptance in my life and um, I had to hear it over and over and over again. And I think sometimes, in the, the rooms, whether it's SA or any of the 12-step rooms, we've got these phrases, right? Acceptance was the answer and keep coming back and on and on. And sometimes it can get a little bit, I can feel, speak for myself, like yeah, 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 I hear, hear that stuff. But I will say, you know, it took me probably I came in and not into SA, but into the S fellowships um, back in two thousand nine. You know, so it's been eleven years, um, and I'm sober a little over two years. And it just takes that repetition of of hearing it and coming back, and and it eventually. We're all different. It's a different time frame. It's God's time frame, but eventually you can get there. So I just want to say that for anyone who is struggling and just can't seem to, to make it work and, and get some of these concepts we're talking about, like acceptance, um, just keep coming back. It's so important, and um, it does work. Thanks.
6: Hey there, I'm Kent. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I was just kind of... Really take a different take on acceptance for me and what that looks like for me. Um, not so much acceptance over outward conditions, but over my inward condition. Um, I never had a lot of outward conditions to, worry, to really accept because I've been an avoidant person most of my life. Uh, I didn't get into romantic relationships, didn't even get into friendships. In fact, I didn't even get close to people until I entered this program. I didn't have anybody to, to really accept because I just avoided people and that was part of my addiction in and of itself Um, and some of that was just my extreme judgmentalness and just since I was judging people so much I was also judging myself so much that I had such low self esteem and my first go around in this program between 2001-2006 I stayed sober a good bit of the time but I just didn't accept myself I didn't really love myself um I just had kind of a sense of in fact I was very just I'm a recovering perfectionist, you know. I didn't believe I should even be tempted. In fact I really believe my higher power thought less of me, even just for being tempted. And it does say in the white book that temptation, I'm going to be tempted. It doesn't matter how sober I am. so over a year and a half now. And I'm still tempted. You know, that's okay. And I, that's where I bring my higher power in, is in that temptation. And I get closer and actually now that I know I can accept myself and my own limitations, and know that God loves me in that. But I didn't believe that the first time I go around. I felt shame over the fact that I would, if I was just attracted to a woman, I would just assume that would that means it's going to turn into lust, you know. And I was like, now I can see differently, and I can accept the fact that, oh wow, you know, this is just a, a an opportunity. My first sponsor told me that. It's, hey, what a great opportunity! You had a temptation. Now you can share it with a brother and find a bond you know uh, and so that's what I've done since then and also accepting the fact that I'm a sexaholic thank you and that I have a disease and it's not, I'm not responsible for the disease I'm just responsible for the uh, my solution and, and getting out of the problem so thanks for letting me share
1: that's all the time we have thank you for participating please jo- join me in thanking our panel. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participants. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. And what you say here, let it stay here. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with SA. In the press, radio, TV, or films, neither does anyone speak for SA. Uh, we don't have to circle up, but let's uh, uh, join, join hands if we can. And uh, we will close with the uh, third step prayer.
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do
1: 50. <laughs> <Cold stuff. laughs>
7: okay. Third step prayer. God I, God, I offer myself to thee, to
1: build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do be thy will. Take away my difficulties,
6: that victory over them, may bear witness to those I would help. Without power, without love, without thy way of life, may
3: I do that I will always. You can come back if it works if you work it. you got to work it every day and every night Is you're worth it. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members.